Hi, this is Chad Rook, a.k.a. Clyde Martin from the upcoming CW series, The Flash, and you are listening to Back in a Flash. Welcome back, everyone, to a very special episode of Back in a Flash. We just got finished watching the Flash premiere on the CW. And, oh, wasn't it just so good? It was awesome. Yes, I can't wait for more. So, like, I'm already so wishing it was next Tuesday. Me too. <laughs> so many... So many cliffhangers. Honestly, I've been waiting for October 14th for so long. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But now Uh, that we have seen this awesome pilot episode, we're going to give you guys like a super special treat. Yeah. We got a really cool interview with uh, Chad Rook, who played Clyde Martin in the premiere episode. Yeah. And so we're going to share that with you guys now. Right now. And enjoy. Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm very good. Good, good. Well, what's new with you? Wow, aside from Flash, you mean? That's all I pretty much have time for, it seems. Yeah? Absolutely. I'm sure you're super swamped. Yeah, today's kind of my last day of calm, so to speak, I think. (laughs) So what's, uh, what's going on with you from here, from here on out for the Flash? Uh, well, I can't really say too, too much. Um, <laughs> all I can really say is I'm still working. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, I don't know. Have you guys seen the pilot already? Yeah. 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 So uh, other than that, um, you know, I just I have a lot of promo to do with different various conventions okay. um, all over the place, really. Uh, I just got back from Texas yesterday, and, and then I head out to, you know, uh, some a couple places in Canada, and then milwaukee and michigan and then new mexico so it's it's pretty crazy to say the least wow yeah they have you going all over the place so you said you're still working are you just doing the convention circuit or uh have uh, they have they brought you back on set uh again like i said i can't really say too much <laughs> i really wish i could i could say you know what's going on uh oh, this sure. year, but um i am still in contact with all of them and uh all right like I said, I'm I'm more of a fan than anything. Um, I'm a huge comic book fan, so I just I know what's coming down the line for the Weather Wizard and for the Rogues and the other characters. And, and needless to say, I'm very excited with what uh, Jeff Johns and Andrew Kreisberg and that have, have created for us. So, um, as to whether or not I will be involved in that, um, <laughs> like I said, I can't really say too too sure. too much. But uh, all I can say is just keep watching, as uh, I'm definitely going to be watching. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, we're going to be as well, obviously. I think anybody who's listening to our show is probably going to be watching The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's a pretty obviously, safe right? bet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess there was a Jeff Johns that wrote up a piece on DCComics.com about the rogues and talked about Mark Martin there. Yeah. So, is it, I mean, it's a safe bet that. Uh, Clyde's brother is going to make an appearance. Yeah, I mean, it's always been the Martin brothers. Like, even in the pilot, you know, they, they mention right. it. And, uh, you know, they they don't really show who Mark Martin is or anything like that, obviously. They right. they love to keep those little secrets and stuff there for the fans but uh, and likes to keep them guessing. But um, absolutely, I think anyone who you know, follows the comics and stuff knows that Weather Wizard has always been um, – you know, created around the whole Martin Brothers storyline. Even Mark Martin, the Weather Wizard himself, is always like in the comic books. You know, one of his main 
reasons that he's a bad guy and and why he does you know certain things is the guilt that's uh, revolved around his brother Clyde and um, sure. even even with the origin stories that they they post in the TV series yes they have to be different but I think that uh, you know how they did the pilot with Clyde Martin it gives a lot for Mark Martin uh, to play with uh, going mm-hmm. forward for sure mm-hmm well, and I mean, on that front, even if you know if Clyde Martin is dead, we don't really know. You were shot in the in the pilot or in the premiere, right? But, but we don't really know. It's kind of left on a cliffhanger. But that's, that's right. Even if he's dead, you could come back and haunt Mark Martin. Hey, hey, man! I mean, that's you know, right? that, <laughs> no, man, I really want to talk. <laughs> but you know what? It, it's it. Um, what I will say is that one of my main things in. in acting is is playing characters and i love playing characters and and one of the coolest things is is developing a backstory and plot for that character and and selling it on camera and um even if you look at clyde like in the pilot you'll see that he makes these really weird movements and stuff and Mm -hmm. and um that's actually derived from the original audition for that character um because the superhero fan base is so crazy big and out there uh, when they have you audition for a character, they don't even give you sides that are actually the character you're playing. So when I read, went in to read for the Weather Wizard, they actually gave me this made-up character who controls fire. Hmm. And so when I went in the audition room, I acted as if the fire was moving within my body. And you'll see those movements. And, and David Nutter, the director, liked it so much that it actually he allowed it to keep it and you'll see those movements in there and we just act as if the weather was moving through him hmm. now mark martin i mean you know if if we were to create a character for him <laughs> so to speak just just um, hypothetically you know having uh, the the good thing about that is that you know brothers have connections and stuff a lot of times as mm-hmm. opposed to just uh, you know other friends and stuff like that um so having seen the pilot you know there's there's a there's a good chance that mark can you know derive off of clyde's story and and his outcome and and uh uh, just that alone can add a lot of badassery so to speak in in terms of his internal position to central city and the flash yeah absolutely i mean it really takes these villains that they're using each week and elevating them into actually being characters instead of just freak of the week so that's really, yeah i mean really ne- needless neat. to say mark martin's always been the big bad weather wizard but um uh you know i i think that being uh, introducing clyde martin is a very very smart way for them to build a huge backstory for one of the main rogues and uh and i think that they've uh, they've done it good you you hear all this talk about yes they're introducing all the main villains right out of the gate i mean they've already cast captain cold and heat wave and and uh, Captain Boomerang, who's appearing on Arrow first. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are, are kind of skeptical about, oh, you know, you're, you're giving us too many villains too fast. But you got to understand that Flash's villains are kind of like Batman's villains. They they have a huge backstory, each mm-hmm. and every one of them. And if you wait forever to introduce these characters um, and, and and have to explain the backstory for each of these characters, if you don't divulge them right away, you're going you're gonna to have basically one rogue per season. Right, and uh, that's not what the fans want to see. So, right. uh, Jeff Johns and that, I think they they hit it right on the bat- button. Um, I mean, and and they're introducing these characters really quick because that is what fans want to see, and uh, because there's so much storytelling behind these characters, it's great. I mean, you look at Arrow. Arrow took almost a full season and a half before it started going because there's so much backstory going on, and I mm-hmm. think they learned from that. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, and I mean, the other piece there is that the rogues being who they are, there's so many relationships that unless you get them all mm-hmm. on the screen, you can't yeah. explore the relationships. Yeah, and that's yeah. missing pe- puzzle pieces. Right. That's exactly it. And I mean, you know, and a big storyline is revolved around the rogues versus Flash. And, and I think it'd be pretty upsetting to the fans to have to wait four or five seasons to get the rogues as an actual gallery together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it, so it sounds like you're a big Flash uh, fan. So you, know, you know what? I'm not, though. I, well, I, was, I am now. I am now. <laughs> well, sure. But I was raised with comic books, so I am a huge comic fan. But um, I was always a Batman guy. Um, I actually didn't know too much about Flash at all because I never read his stuff. I never. I honestly didn't even know who Clyde Martin or Weather Wizard were when I got the role. So I really had to... Um, start listening to podcasts that's how i know about all you guys <laughs> i i had to start talking to fans i read comics i i really had to go into it um during the audition process and and, and then that's when i learned about how big flash and central city and the rose gallery really are very cool that's amazing and you, i heard you say you mentioned that um you like to play different characters and stuff like that and mm-hmm. i've seen you in a couple of other i'm a huge cw show like junkie i watch Oh, so many of the CW shows. Right, right, right. So I've seen you um, previously on like Supernatural, and you were on Secret Circle, and you always play um, like like nefarious characters. I mean, they're not always they're like haven't been really heroes. So I was just kind of curious if you prefer those like bad guy roles, or if you just like the bold, you know, out there characters. Yeah, it's basically um, I I only do characters. Um, I I don't even read auditions for normal guys i just um that's not why i'm in acting i'm not in acting to play myself it just it seems boring to me right it's it's not why i do it um so i only go for crazy characters whether and, and most of the times with cw i mean this is now my sixth cw show um it's always been villains because i only read for characters and a lot of times characters that are out there happen to be villains and the, and the bad guys um, so I've pretty much made a career off of it and thank God CW likes the fact that, you know, yeah. I can always create something else, but, um, you know, if they give me 10 more villains, I might be running out of ideas. So right. <laughs> have you had a, the, a favorite so far? Actually, Flash is definitely by far my favorite. It's, it's um, gotta be, when, right? yeah. I mean, like I said, being a comic book fan a, a year ago, actually my agent and I actually had a discussion about what kind of roles we wanted to go for. And I said, well, I play a lot of villains and I'm a comic book fan. It would be awesome to play a super villain. And we actually started looking for films, feature films and stuff that were casting. And then Flash came around. and uh, It know, was Flash, perfect, yeah. Flash 4, we're now on the plane of supervillains. So, um, and, and not only that, normally when you're on set, I mean, you know what it looks like. You, you, you already see the sets. You, you know what it's going to look like when it airs on TV. And you watch it and you're like, yeah, that's what it looked like. Flash is a lot of green screen and special effects and stuff. So when I see it on TV, um, I'm just like the fans. It's the first time I get to see any of that. I mean, you look at the pilot, um, you know, when my character gets to walk and literally like in the middle of an F5 tornado or well, on set, you know, they have me walk on this green treadmill with four guys blowing fans on me and you know you're surrounded by green and then david nutter's like okay now you're fighting the flash and i'm like no i'm fighting gravity because these fans are blowing me off this treadmill and uh so it's pretty surreal though when you finally get to see it on on screen and you're like wow that's uh that's pretty insane uh, as to what they created very cool that so- is awesome yeah that was a question that we actually had we were wondering how uh like if they show you anything beforehand or they're just like get out there and do it 
Yeah, no, they basically it's it's up to your imagination because until you film it, they can't even really uh, give you like a lot of times you'll film it and then in the next couple of days they'll show you some samples of what they're gonna do and create, but until you film it, they have nothing to play with, right? I mean, right. You're, you're, no. you're you're basically the the canvas in which they have to paint around, and until you do your thing, uh, they got nothing to play with. So um, it's really full-on imagination territory and, and i think that's why it is my favorite uh, of the villains that i've got to play in the past i i imagine you saw like some basic storyboards before that though i did no? yeah, yeah i think i mean david nutter is a really visionary guy so david mm -hmm. was very kind to send me actually all the storyboards for every scene that i've ever been in and and so i i kind of got the gist of what he was going for and uh, right. and and being the director he is he really gives us uh, a full you know description of what he wants and uh and and then we just basically run with it and thank god he's a director that trusts his actors and lets us do our thing and and uh and is pretty open-minded to what we've created very cool very cool yeah um so the uh you had i, I think we were counting like four scenes in the the pilot yeah episode. like four sets of scenes right I guess, right basically. right um and that last one was very obviously like there's lots of green screen there. It's an effect yes. you couldn't do without it. Uh, right. Some of the other scenes you were in, particularly like the uh, the one with the car that got yeah. flipped, mm -hmm. was that on location? Yes, uh, that was actually on location. Um, and it's kind of funny because um, Grant and I were, were sitting there when they were doing the big stunt. And um, and you've seen the behind the scenes and everything. And, and when the stunt driver, you know, goes to flip this car over top of another car, you know, that's what we thought it was. So Grant and I were standing there with Andrew Kreisberg. And I think Andrew knew, obviously, because he had a good chuckle afterwards. But uh, needless to say, Grant and I didn't expect the explosion. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. So we're sitting there watching the car. All of a sudden, next thing, we go, boom. And Grant and I are on the ground. Look, we're like, what just happened? And, and uh, we look over, and Kreisberg's laughing. So it was pretty funny. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty crazy to, to watch that kind of stuff on set. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. But the uh, the actual in-car stuff, um, that was actually on, on location – or. Um, in the green screen studio as well. Though. Right. Right. Yeah. Where they like had the slow motion bit between. That's the two right. Games. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. Very cool. So did you have a, a favorite like scene that you filmed for this first episode? I did. I, I mean, the actual last scene where Jesse Martin and, and, and Rick Cosnett, their characters kind of confront me. That was actually the audition scene as well. And so I really kind of drew to that one the best. Um, and so that was really fun to be able to, to get to be, you know, in the barn creating the tornadoes and, and really showcasing why it is that character, you know, is, is acting like that. He's, he's got this God complex, you know, he's had nothing in his life. Uh, hence him deriving to, you know, being a bank robber and, and stealing for a living. Mm -hmm. You know, he never had the education. He never had the upraising. And, and when you give someone like that, that type of power, um, they can very quickly get an ego and, and in this case a god complex to the fact that you know i had nothing now i have everything yeah i'm, I'm gonna take it all over and and it was kind of a cool scene um um as to you know how they how they cut it up and and what the ultimate uh, result was oh yeah and you did a, a superb job like it's just oh, all around you. so good thank you yeah and i mean you know there's been talks about um i mean a lot of the fans i mean no matter what you do there's going to be fans that 
you know, criticize it or like it. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, people were like, Oh, well, you're kind of yokel and you know, you're kind of, kind of the country type thing. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, first of all, he's living in a barn. I mean, you got to, yeah, like I said, I like creating a whole backstory with characters. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, I mean, you gotta, you gotta not know, oh, okay, his backstory can't just be, okay, he's a bank robber. That's it. Right. Why is, why is he a bank robber? So, I mean, if you take that, that aspect of it, you know, someone that's grown in the country, maybe not as educated, doesn't have all the, you know, gold platery and, and, and silver spoons in his life. Um, you know, he, he switches to that lifestyle and, and I think that country aspect kind of sells it in a way to, okay, well, he's not obviously, you know, if I came out there with a, a pompous English accent, it's going to be a lot different. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, uh, that definitely yeah, exactly. puts a different spin on things. Might have felt, <laughs> felt a bit out of place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a much different take. So I think having that little aspect of it, I mean, as long as fans can understand that, you know, the decisions we're making for the characters have a reason for it. And it's not yeah. just for cool effect. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll they'll fully understand that these characters are going to be a little different than the comic books, mm-hmm. but in a in a, a very positive way. Yeah. I know. Speaking of differences, um, you were kind of uh, plain clothes throughout the whole um, mm-hmm. episode and everything. Have you seen any? rogue costumes or are we going to get some really cool rogue costumes you know what it is is i think that um with the tv aspect again i think the origins of all these characters are going to be a little bit different and and that stems as well from their clothes i think that when you first see these characters we have to have that regular um, look to them (laughs) but having jeff johns and andrew krasberg and that on board i really don't see it being very long before we start seeing those characters as we see them in the comic books I think it's only a matter of time. They've even made um, little Easter eggs uh, in certain trailers to the actual tailor um, in the yes. comic books. Yes. To the comic Game books. If, if, yeah, exactly. If you actually yeah. look at the uh, um, one of the trailers where the Flash, you know, he's testing the speeds out and he runs down an alley and flies into the back of a truck with all clothes. Mm-hmm. If you read that clothing company, that is the actual tailor company that right. in the comic books makes the rogues uniforms. And Andrew Krasberg, right from the bat, um, him and Greg Berlanti have said that these Easter eggs will pay off. So yes. I cool. think, I honestly, I'm not, you know, don't take my word for it, but I honestly don't think it's going to be very long before we start stemming the, the original looks of these characters. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, you got to give them mm-hmm. the emotional grounding before you can introduce these wild costumes. It is the realism, I mean, of TV. I mean, you right. can't have everybody, you know, come from planet Zeptula or whatever it is, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you do have to sell the reality um, mm-hmm. uh, for the TV world. Mm-hmm. So what about you? I mean, coming, you know, you've got a bit of comic interest behind yeah. you and and you got this comic villain role. Were you, did you like have your fingers crossed that you'd get a costume that would be one of these superhero oh, costumes it's actually, it's actually a funny story because when i um when i first went into wardrobe um for clyde martin the weather wizard they they gave me this um uh big large green and yellow poncho um <laughs> and like a rain poncho and uh and I, I i i immediately was like this is not going to work um and 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 they're like why i was like you're gonna piss off fans first of all um and, and they're like, no, I don't think I was like, well, I am a fan. And I'm telling you, you're pissing me off. Um, and uh, so yes. thank God. Um, and, and like I said, you know, when you have 
the flash and it's fighting scenes and really cool scenes. You, you need that. I mean, if we kept with the poncho and I was in the middle of a tornado, that thing would be in my face the whole time and mm-hmm. it just yeah. would look ridiculous. And, and you wouldn't be able to see my arms or make those movements. And, right. and right. so uh, thank God David Nutter really trusted me and, and allowed me to work with the wardrobe team and come up with something that was a little bit more cool and, and more realistic at first. And, uh, and, and like I said, with I think Mark Martin or whatever happens with the weather was in the future. Um, eventually we're going to, we're going to get that green and yellow back, but hopefully it's not in a Porsche, uh, you know, the, the sample of a poncho. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, thank you for putting your foot down on that, by the yes, way, from yeah. one fan to another. I appreciate well, you're like, no, no, this is not yeah. going to fly for the fans. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right. That's right. So you read up some flash when you got the role. What were some of your like touchstone books that you read to learn about this character? Well, well I actually went to like um, uh, the Flashpoint Paradox. Actually, um, was was one of the main ones. Um, okay. I think uh, having the whole aspect um, and understanding of of Ebor Thawne and, and and the Reverse Flash and the time travel and and you know, it explains the story between his, his mother. And, uh, I think that kind of gives you a good grasp of the whole, uh, flash origin and, and storyline. And, uh, and, and then uh, it was more so instead of reading the comics themselves, it was just really mainly reading around the actual rogues themselves and, uh, looking at everything I could online and, and, and reading up on the storylines and backstories of the actual characters and Mark Martin and, and uh, Clyde Martin and, and it was really hard with Clyde Martin though because Clyde Martin has actually literally got like about a half a page in the comic book history mm-hmm. literally he you know he's found dead I mean he right. in the in the comic books you know he he created the weather wand uh, in which his brother finds but there's been different aspects as to how he died some people say that Mark Martin actually killed him in, in certain storylines other storylines where Mark Martin found him dead or said he had a heart attack and then mm-hmm. took the wand uh, to get to avenge his brother, others were, you know, saying that he does what he does now out of guilt of killing his brother. So there really wasn't much to play with with Clyde, and and in a way, I like that because I kind of had an open slate. You know, he's never been portrayed on TV before, mm-hmm. and uh, to have that open slate, and not have a bar that I need to meet because it's already been set, was nice. And I had the rare opportunity to be the first big villain. And uh, I actually get to set the bar for the villains to come in the in the series. Very cool. Yeah, and you set it high. It's a good bar. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Take that, Wentworth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, actually, we were we were talking about your uh, production company earlier a little bit and how you do some um, independent pieces. And um, we were just kind of curious about your involvement in that and like how you pick your pieces and and just yeah. curious about that in general. Sure. Well, I, I um, created Checkmate Films. Uh, I used to own a company called Rec, uh, Rook Entertainment, which I started because when I first started acting, things weren't really uh, going as I planned. I, you know, I thought I would just jump in the scene and that's it. That's not how it works. Um, and so when I wasn't being cast for a lot of stuff, uh, you know, 15 years ago or so, I had to start writing my own things and, and started writing comedy. And I started producing a sketch comedy troupe. Um, and a TV series or an online show, I should say. And then basically it kind of stemmed from there that uh, I got into the writing game. I started directing all those sketches and then uh, I started directing music videos and then short films. And now we're in the production of a feature film that I wrote, directed, and is starring in called The Perfect Pickup, um, which is a 
comedy about four guys who try to find the perfect way to pick up women, which doesn't exist. But, <laughs> right. so, um, so yeah, so it just kind of stemmed from um, me not getting the roles I wanted. So I started writing the roles I wanted and, uh, and, and, and now it's kind of come to fruition where we now have a team and a production company called Checkmate Films. And, and, uh, you know, if, if other people aren't going to see you for a role, then you prove them wrong and you go get it yourself. Yeah, that is so cool. I love yeah. that you just went out there and did it yourself. You're like, well, if I'm, I've got to make this happen one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just too many actors and stuff out there that just wait for people to discover them or, you know, mm-hmm. make their name for them. And, and that's just not how the industry works anymore. You really got to, you know, uh, hit the ground running on your own, really. Right, right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's kind of like the advice that you hear from lots of big-name directors. Is If you're looking to get into filmmaking or acting, is do it. Do it. That's so, exactly it. And I mean, it's cool. not just that. I mean, you got to get yourself out there. you got to plug. you got to promote. you you got to go to these conventions. you got to drill the auditions. you got to study. you got to go to acting classes. Mm-hmm. Always update headshots, demo reels. I mean, there's so many aspects of it. And a lot of people just sit on their ass and... and so to speak, and then and wait for it to happen, and that's just not what what this industry is. Right. You know, they say the entertainment industry is the hardest in the world to get into, and they say it for a reason because it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so when's that uh, the perfect pickup? Uh, we're slated for uh, to begin production in early 2015. So hopefully uh, by uh, later next year, we will uh, have that on release. Um, and then I'm just working on some other films right now. I just finished a, a film alongside Cassie Skirbo um, from Sharknado. Yay! Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we just finished a film called My Life is a Dead Girl, and I play a, uh, a pimp, a young pimp who basically refuses to let women out of the prostitution ring. Um, it's a, just a really dark thriller-type film. And so, once again, always playing the good guy, right? Right? You and all <laughs> yeah. of these bad characters, I swear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, I they're it. more fun. Honestly, I mean... The bad guys have the most fun. They drive the coolest cars. They shoot the <laughs> badass weapons. I mean, they really are the kind of cool characters. I mean, they get so many fun lines, too. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I and, get it. And, and I was raised on horror films, so I always, you know, le- lean towards the bad guys. And, and I think that's kind of where it stems from. You were raised on horror films? I don't oh, even yeah. know like, what to say a, to that. Absolutely. I had a different, you know, upbringing. I mean, my mom loves horror films and it was it wasn't like you know come around we're gonna watch a family movie she's like all right everyone sit down tonight we're gonna watch the exorcist um <laughs> so it was it was a little bit different operation but it but it was it was cool, it was cool. that was pretty fantastic cool. <laughs> it was fun to say the least i can see why you're uh you know drawn to these you know bad guys and everything yeah, too. yeah i mean it's like i said i think it's just a lot more fun that way and and you know my mom even used to you know play ghost with us in the house and stuff like it wasn't you know like it was it was not your normal uprising so my my mom you know didn't get kicks from watching us play soccer and stuff she got kicks from you know scaring the hell out of us <laughs> so it was fun so besides the um you mentioned earlier that uh you kind of had a surprise when the car exploded and everything like that. Besides mm-hmm. that, was there anything else that, you know, happened on set that was um, just like really surprising or uh, did you guys like play pranks on each other or anything like that? Sometimes, you know, casts do that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always been some stuff, but um, when we first started filming uh, for this pilot back in March, um, everyone was so new to each other that, you know, it wasn't really in that, 
hey, I'm going to pull a prank yeah, category with each other. <laughs> Everyone was so new. Uh, it would be kind of weird to, you know, uh, you know, right. start pulling pranks on Jesse Barton. He'd be like, who is this guy? <laughs> Come on my set and doing this. So it wasn't really that. I would have done it just for that shock value. Right? Though. Exactly. <laughs> just for that reaction. And right. then I get fired and recast. Um, <laughs> so uh, it wasn't really that. I mean, uh, Graham was a really cool guy. I mean, uh, one of the things that you know, we did on set was I, he's from Glee obviously. And, and I didn't know that my sister was a huge Glee fan. And, uh, so Grant was nice enough and he made a video towards my sister saying hi as his Glee character. But then it got really weird when my dad started requesting Candace to make videos for him and stuff. So I, just, I put a stop to that. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Probably need to nip that in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But, uh, no, it was, it was a really fun set. Like everyone was so excited to be on set, but, um, it was so serious. I mean, we uh, a normal episode films for about a week normally. And uh, we filmed for an entire month. We filmed from March 1st to March 28th for just the pilot on its own. Wow. And it, it, it had almost double the budget what a normal pilot would have as well. So it was more of a feature film type set than it was a TV set in a lot of ways. And, and same with the professionalism on that pilot. It was everyone was so serious about making it such a kick-ass pilot and and i think it really shows when you watch the pilot. oh absolutely. yeah absolutely it comes through in spades i, I yeah. it actually i'm surprised that you said it was so serious because it mm -hmm. seems so like light-hearted and just fun yeah. and well uplifting. yeah don't get me wrong it was the most fun i've ever had on set actually <laughs> but when when it came to taking the character serious and, and not really goofing around too much on set. That's kind of what it was. Now it's a little bit different because people get the feel of the show and everyone's kind of used to each other, you know, and you have that family type oriented, you know, uh, respect towards each other. But at first it was almost, uh, let's, let's, it was almost like a competition amongst the actors about, you know, who can, kick ass as their as their character more and uh <laughs> and, you know so cool. the, the producers and the directors and the big wigs and all the cw guys i mean when you're filming a pilot they're all there so you're on your a game you know and and uh and i think it, it, you know once we realized that okay this show it got picked up and we got a little bit more leeway and we got a little bit more weight off of our shoulders to make this happen uh then it kind of opens up that territory to hey man like i you know i can pull a prank on this guy right now yeah was <laughs> right, right. was anybody truly like worried mm -hmm. that it wasn't going to get picked up though i mean seriously no i don't i on this show i, I really don't <laughs> but i mean i've i've been on shows though that had a huge kind of following and, and they get canceled and and mm -hmm. and so you never know in tv land it's it's just really a weird aspect i mean I was on a show called Cult, and it had a huge social media following, but the marketing wasn't quite there, and, and it got canceled. And then what had happened is it got picked back up in Europe, and then due to popular demand, CW aired it again and then still canceled it. I mean, for a show <laughs> to get – it's just kind of weird when a show gets put back by popular demand and then still canceled. So you never know. This is the one show that I will say that I wasn't nervous about that yeah. it, it getting picked up. I knew it was right. coming. I mean, we didn't have to build up a fan base. There was already a huge flash following in the world, right? So Absolutely. It, 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 it was already there. So, no, I don't think too many people were that nervous. I mean, but like I said, in TV land, you get used to surprises coming your way. Oh, sure. sure. Yeah. Very cool. Um so I, I'm kind of curious. You said you've been keeping in touch with people that work on this show. I'm curious about like the the production cycle for an episode mm -hmm. of like 
how much of it is pre-production, how much of it is filming, and how much of it is post-production. I'm sure well, they all like overlap. Yeah, uh, they they um I think it stems as well from from the episode. Each episode's going to be a little bit different because based on the characters and I mean I think going with Clyde Martin and the Weather Wizard and that for the first episode was a very good decision because that is definitely a character that involves a lot of special effects mm-hmm. and to do it well and and pilots always get that extra little budget kick in there so I think it was a very good choice having someone like Captain Boomerang or, or <laughs> someone like that for example wouldn't really require that much special effects so sure. the the amount of time that would need in post production is going to vary episode to episode based on these characters but that being said I think that people expect and understand that flash is a show that requires special effects all the time mm-hmm. and and uh, i think that's why the early 90s version of it you know didn't actually do so well is because um the cost first of all for all the special effects and as well as is the technology back then right right so yeah. really i mean you look at all these characters coming down the line and, and just based on how jeff johns and that are going to create them for the tv world is really going to determine whether or not the post-production guys are going to be pulling out their hair or not <laughs> yeah right. yeah fair enough yeah yeah i know we're both kind of looking forward to um well i know i am certainly looking yeah. forward to seeing gorilla grod because <laughs> yeah. we've been hinted that he's gonna you know be around and stuff like that yeah. um there's a little easter egg and whatnot so mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping that they actually like go through with that and bring him to the screen. But- yeah, like I said, Andrew Kreisberg was, uh, I think, at Comic Con. He was even asked about that, and mm-hmm. and uh, and that's his reply was these Easter eggs will pay off. Yeah. So Very again, cool. I don't know in regards to that yet. I'm a fan too, so I personally hope that one pays off myself. Um, yeah. and, and I know that even you know just today they they released a, a new trailer for it. Um, and and it even they even put the gorilla grog cage in the trailer, so they're oh, not wow. really worried about letting fans know that Crod is in their their back of their minds. Yeah, right, are there right. other characters that you're hoping to see as well that haven't Honestly, been introduced yet? It yeah, I mean there's uh, there's a couple rogues. Um, uh, Mirror Master would be really kind of yeah. a cool character. I mean they that's the one really one of the main rogues that they haven't announced or, or cast for yet. Um, and so that would be a really kind of cool character to see thrown in there and how they're going to attempt to do that and, and when he'll pull up. Um, if you know, like, the origin of Mirror Master, I mean, he could basically attack you and stuff from anything with a reflection. So right. uh, having that character, though, I mean, you could technically, you know, see him coming up in, in a lot of scenarios and cases. So maybe there's a reason as to why he hasn't been announced and in, in as of yet but uh that's definitely one i think would be kind of fun for fans to see yeah absolutely, absolutely. and i was i mean i was talking with uh one of our twitter followers today about mirror master actually and uh green clawed wit uh mentioned mirror master was one of the villains that she'd like to see as well and we were talking about like that seems like a villain that wouldn't take a ridiculous special effects budget. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I, it's, 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 it's entirely true, but at the same time, you'd really want it done well. And, and, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and the expense can just come from, you know, the setups that they would need to use to make that a really, really cool and unique episode. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean, you got to make it stand out rather than just... Uh, absolutely. And, and then people, I mean, I don't think they, they realize that on set, you know, you think, oh, well, you just need a couple mirrors and it won't be expensive. But <laughs> um, but at, at the same time, it's really in post-production. I mean, to make it look cool where, you know, say if there's a m- multitude of mirrors with him in every single one, 
um, that that does take a, actually quite a bit of, of a budget to do. Um, hmm. yeah. If you know if you know behind the scenes type thing, so it's funny to me when I listen to things and people will be like, "That would be cheap." <laughs> like, uh, I'm like, "No, that would not be cheap." <laughs> yeah, well, there's not there's not too many people that have the experience that you have, not only being like an actor, but also like being behind the scenes and actually doing production and stuff like that too. So there's a lot of right. stuff. I mean, I'm sure that all of us are just like, "Oh yeah, that'd be so cinch for them to do <laughs> of that." <course. laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, that comes back to even things like Gorilla Grub. I mean, again, will we see him in the first season? I don't know if if we will. Uh, and and there's aspects that behind the scenes that might you know relate to that. Right. Yeah, that was that was something that pilots, we kind of discussed. Pi- I mean, before. And, 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 yeah, because yeah, because pilots they get so much more money, and, and you know, season finales and season premieres they get more of a budget than the normal episodes. So if we are to see Grodd, I think in the future, I I would personally expect it to be on a, a premiere or finale mm-hmm. um as a, in regards to the budget that they probably have to play with to make that work i just hope it's not you know going to be some hairy guy in a mafia jacket saying, <laughs> yeah. what's up i'm grunt right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. which having jeff johns and then a board on sure it's not good right yeah i know we've been trying to figure out how they're going to do that on a tv budget as well and like make it look good as well but it's one of those characters man we cannot wait to see yeah exactly and 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 like i said uh knowing what i know i i don't want to say too much but (laughs) the the team that they have on board for these special effects they're amazing so what they can do and and with the budget nowadays is, is pretty crazy very cool. Very that is cool. awesome. So are they using the same team then for, uh, like, I guess, did they hire the, uh, a team for the whole Flash to do all of the special effects and stuff? Or, or are they kind of like, um, I know some I, movies and TV shows kind of go to different teams for different special effects. That's kind of what I think it is. I mean, I know that they have their, their main artists obviously that they work with but uh, these artists a lot of times they're working on multiple shows at once in their team so I think it's based on schedules and and exactly what kind of special effects you're going to need because each different teams do different types of special effects so yeah uh, again I think it's an episode to episode basis as to what they're going to need and, and who they're going to utilize cool very cool yeah well thanks for joining us I've got yeah. one one more question for you sure uh so of all of the different characters and storylines that we've got like laid out in the pilot episode, mm-hmm. which one are you most excited to see continue out through through the series? Well, I'm gonna be a little biased, and obviously the weather wizard, <laughs> but um, obviously sure. I, I would I would like to see obviously what stems from from the Martin brothers and with Mark Martin sure. who we hear about but never ever seen or anything. Uh, but as well with the uh, with the Harrison Wells story, um, I think that's probably my most uh, the most intriguing aspect. I mean, you look at the finale of of the of the pilot, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean that's that's a big. If you're a comic fan and you know about the flash flashpoint paradox and 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 time travel and all that, uh, that's a, that's a pretty big telltale and a pretty big hey, what the hell's happening? Yeah, and, and uh, I think that's that's something that fans are that really was a gonna huge bomb yeah. that was dropped right there so, at the end. Everybody yeah, was blown so, away. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, what's happening? Exactly. So you know, at the end of the pilot premiere here on Tuesday, I mean, I think that's going to be a big question mark over and a, and a big talk point uh, with all the fans. Absolutely. So I, I'm not looking for you to give anything <laughs> away. Do you know? Or no? Do I know? Do you know like what what's Harrison Wells, Harrison? who Harrison Wells is, and what's going on there? Or no? I, I do not. So do you have a theory? 
I do. I, I, but you know what? Being on the show, I'm not going to give my theory. <laughs> oh, man. I, I have you a theory. You can't even give us like a little yeah, teaser. You know what? I think that, I think that, um, if you look into the actual name Harrison Wells himself, um, there's a lot that you can see behind the initials and, and who Harrison Wells is. And, right. And the whole aspect of Eddie Thong being on there, um, if you look at who Ebor Thon is compared to Eddie Thon and who Reverse Flash is and stuff, I think, again, having Andrew Kreisberg and Greg Berlanti on board, they love to make people think one thing and throw a curveball. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so right when you think, oh, well, he's Eddie Thong, that's how it is. And, you know, uh, I, I really wouldn't take what you first see in this show for granted and, and for, for, you know, I really wouldn't pinpoint it to that's what it is. And right. I would always just expect to uh, uh, see surprises around the corner with those right. guys. Yay! I'm like yeah. so excited for the rest of the season now. Like, super, <laughs> so, I mean, I was already before, but this is just like <laughs> exasperated that. I'm it's super it's so crazy. And you know what's really exciting to me is that um, uh, with Greg Berlanti and, and Crosby knowing so many characters and creating characters themselves, uh, the TV show gives them an avenue to introduce characters that never really hit it off in the comic books because you need a really big following for a character to evolve but having it a tv show you you get to introduce characters like girder and plastique who didn't really take off in the comics but mm-hmm. will be able to become almost household names uh because of the show and and how cool they can make them look and and intriguing they can give their backstories so uh i think it's gonna be really exciting because five years from now doing it this way you know we're not gonna have just still the same five characters that every house knows we could have 20 to 30 new characters that everyone knows and, and having shows like this and introducing, you know, all these characters as opposed to just the normal names. It's, it's so exciting as a fan and and, and it's not going to be just the typical, oh, I know this character. I know what he does. Right. And, uh, right. You know, there's going to be so many question marks in the show, but having a team like that, they're all going to be answered and, and in a big way, I think. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Chad, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's kind of thank an early guys. birthday present to me. My birthday's tomorrow, so I'm like excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy that you came on our podcast and had a chance oh, to talk well, to us. Definitely happy pre-birthday. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a good gift for you tomorrow for sure. It'll yeah, be, I know. Uh, it's like a, a gift specifically for me, like Flash you know, premieres on my birthday. It's awesome. <laughs> that's that's very cool. Very cool. But uh, well, thank you so much, guys. It was yeah. awesome talking to you. And uh, I, I love your guys' podcast. Keep it up. Oh, Great. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. No problem. Take care. Take care. Uh, cheers. And for our followers, you can uh, you can follow Chad Rook on Twitter at Chad Rook, and you can also check out his website chadrook.com. He's got all sorts of stuff, portfolio, resume of uh, the different stuff that he's done acting wise, and the different things that he's working on with his uh, production company. And make sure you check out his feature movie when that comes out. The perfect pickup as well. Uh, we'll certainly be keeping an eye out for it. Absolutely. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Back in a Flash.